All right, back here at TD Garden, where the score is Merrimack 1, UMass Lowell 1 at the end of the 13th overtime. No, I'm sorry. It's only the first <laughs> overtime here, but it is the second consecutive multiple overtime game that the Warriors have played in. Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Mike McMahon joins us here once again. Uh, you'll stop meeting like this. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. Who knows? I... I you know, just given the way that the teams played, I, I had a little bit of a feeling that we, we may be here again, and, and here we are. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on what we saw there in that first, uh, yeah, the first overtime period. I just mentioned, by the way, that Lowell, talk about a team that often seems to get stronger as a, as a game goes along. They only had seven shots in the first two periods combined here tonight. They only had five shots in the second and third periods last week against UConn. Now they've had 10 and 11 in the last two periods and certainly a, a number of chances to win the game. Yeah, I wonder what the attempts were, too, because it seems like Merrimack's blocked last. I know at the end of the third, uh, they don't have him here, so yeah, we don't have him. But at the end of the third, Lowell had 17 shots on goal, I think, and Merrimack had blocked 22 shots. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and part of that, too, like, I wonder... it. it as we see, right, it, it, it's going to be a weird goal that ends this game because guys are a little more out of position, a little slower getting back. It's just there's so many things that, that happen. And you know what, though? They were the chances. I mean, they were, they were showing the Capone chance again. That was a great chance to score. And, uh, well, they're showing what happened with the skate, but that was really after the save had already been made after he had not scored. I mean, that could have ended up in the net. He could have still lost the skate late, but regardless. Um, you know, that was a golden opportunity. Merrimack's had breakaways in this game. They've had odd man rushes. And, uh, you know, if they don't win this game, I'm sure they're going to look back at those chances that they had uh, in, in which to, you know, win the game. 100%. Yeah, I mean, the breakaway in overtime was obviously the best chance they had in the overtime. But there was a couple. They had a play after, uh, I think, Jeffries on a back check, picked somebody's pocket, was able to turn back, kind of going a little mini two-on-one there from the top of the circles. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just... It's it's been a, a UMass Lowell type of hockey game, <laughs> you know, where it's low scoring. There's not a lot happening, uh, and their goaltender plays well. It seems to be that's been the one most consistent thing with them. Uh, you know, they don't have as much skill as they've had in, in other years. They've struggled to score goals, but they they play the same way for 12 years now, and, and they play that system really, really, really well. Uh, and, and they've made they've made great goaltenders out of it. You know what I mean? Because there's just not a lot of quality chances that they give up. Who was the, They had a goaltender that, I'm drawing a blank of his name, transferred from UMass, who, who didn't look very good at all at UMass. He transferred to UMass Lowell and ended up signing an NHL contract yeah. by the time he was right. done. Drawing a blank, it's late, drawing a blank of his name, but it, it seems like they've done that with goaltender after goaltender after goaltender where it's guys that just all of and, and Gringles had a good career at Alaska, don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, it's just guys come into the system and they play dramatically well. And I think it has to do with how well Lowell defends. I do think you have to look at the two goaltenders as the stars of the game so far. Oh, yeah. Griggles certainly is the one who kept it a 0-0 game for a long time. And then, uh, you know, since then, it's really been Zach Borgiel who has had to make the big saves to keep it in, especially after Lowell tied it in that overtime. Made a number of big saves. The, the Griggles won as well, you know, uh, yeah. stopping Capone. But uh, and, and I thought in that overtime, that first overtime period, that uh, there were more more big saves probably that Borgiel had to make. 
He did, and, and you know, I think it's tough as the game goes along. You got to remember, these guys don't leave the ice, right? So, like, you know, yeah, they're not they're not in action the whole time. They've got some times where they can take a little bit of a breather, media timeouts, and, and whatnot. But they're not leaving the ice. So you want to talk about cramping up, guys are, that go through those types of issues? It's like, well, what about you're standing the whole time? Like, you don't have a time to kind of rest your legs at all. You're wearing the heaviest equipment on the ice. Like, you know, this is where, especially for a goaltender that maybe was out of his rhythm, rhythm a little bit in the first couple periods because Lowell didn't have a ton of shots. Now all of a sudden he's facing a little bit more. That's a difficult position to put him in, but he was able to, you know, answer the bell. Uh, Mike McMahon, our guest here in the uh, in between the first and second overtime, second overtime about to start. One-to-one is our score here. Uh Quick question. Scott Borick used the timeout late there in the uh, overtime. You don't get another one every overtime, right? It's just one for all of overtime. You do. You get one every overtime. Oh, you do. Well, then it makes even more sense to yep. use it then. I clarified on that last week. You get one because I, I was asking. Uh, I think BC did something similar after an icing in the overtime period. And and Alistair, their, their SID, was next to me. He checked with John Gravelis, who was the video replay official for the game at Merrimack last week. And uh, Gravelis said, nope, you get a new one every overtime. So, yeah, why not? I mean, in that position, 100%. Use it. You're going to lose it anyway. So You can't add them up, though, right? You can't build you can't, them up. No. You just get, If you didn't use it, you still have one. If you lo- if you did use it, you get one in the next overtime. Exactly. You can't go past one, but you always have one uh, every at the, at the start of every new overtime. Yeah, yeah that's interesting then because then, uh, yeah, I mean, any any danger that you're in, you might as well use it late in the overtime. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I don't know why they do it that way, why they reset it after every overtime. I think it's just it's the rule for whatever reason. Uh it does make a little bit of sense, right? I, I guess. Uh, yeah, it just it is what it is. Um, so here's what we've had tonight: three conferences with semifinal Fridays. The other three conferences don't have that. They played their semifinals last weekend, and their championship games will be tomorrow. That's Atlantic Hockey, the CCHA, and the Big Ten, the ECAC, Hockey East and the NCHC, the other three Division One conferences, all did have a traditional sort of, uh, you know, Final Four uh, kind of weekend where the semifinals are today on Friday and then the winners meet in the championship game tomorrow. Five of the six games have gone to overtime. Will have been decided in overtime. North Dakota and St. Cloud went to overtime as well. Um, the only game that will have not have been decided in overtime was still decided by just one goal, Colorado College defeating and upsetting Denver. I can't recall a day like this in uh, in postseason history with this many overtime games. Yeah, I, I can't either. Uh, at one point, all three of all three of the late games were at one point. Harvard, the Harvard game, this game, and the North Dakota game were all in overtime, all at the same time. <laughs> so you know, you have three overtimes game games going on all at once. Harvard Cornell, you know, doesn't mean much for pairwise. Both those teams are into the tournament regardless. Harvard won that game. We should mention. Yes, uh, but you got you know Merrimack and North Dakota who could potentially be playing for their lives. Merrimack doesn't know because that North Dakota game is in overtime. They don't know what's going. I mean, and not that they're keeping an eye on it anyway. You're just focused on winning this game. But uh, it, it just it's the backdrop to it that, like we said in the last overtime, we can pay attention to. Uh, you know, they're focused obviously on just trying to win the game. All right, so uh, five and a half minutes to go now until we start that next overtime. It's 11.20 on the clock here. How late can you go? You got got anything happening tomorrow? I don't until later in the afternoon, but I'm feeling it right now. I am feeling the energy level come down a little bit. What time were you up today? I was up at 6. Yeah, right around there, a little before. 
wife was up at 4.30 this morning, and she's here on the uh, seating area, so props to her. She's a real warrior. There he is. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was probably right around 6, was in bed last night, you know, probably, it was late, it was probably just before 1, so uh, was about 5 hours, and then we'll, we'll see what we can what we can squeeze in tonight. <laughs> You know, uh, interesting that Merrimack went through this situation last weekend, had to prepare for it, had to get, you know, what I've, what I've heard is that they've stocked up. They, they After what happened last weekend, they're ready to go for a situation like this. But I'm sure Lowell is as well. Yeah, and I think here, I, I think hockey needs to make sure that they're prepared for it, right? Like, uh, and they got through it last week. You know, I think it was just a little bit of a panic at the beginning of the second overtime intermission, the intermission between the first and second, uh, where where they didn't have enough stuff in the room, and because you know, you're just you're not thinking of that, right? Uh, they will the next time they host games, I think for sure. But I, in a in a situation like this with hockey East, I I would be shocked if they didn't have you know Gatorades in the room when when the players got into the room. Not even from Merrick, just from the league. You know, that's kind of what the league takes care of a lot of that stuff. I think at the stage. All right, so with the uh, second overtime, the fifth period of the game looming on the horizon here, and before we let you go here, uh, what do you look for in this period? What are both teams trying to do, given the fact that they've already each played 80 minutes worth of hockey? I think you got to try to keep the play in front of you like, as much as you can, because if you're chasing it, if a guy gets behind you and you get a chase, it, the energy level's low. It's low up here. It's definitely low down there. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think you got to try to keep the play in front of you, limit mistakes. It's going to be a weird goal. You know, it's just that's that's how these things happen. And it's and it's because guys aren't, aren't at full strength. You know, guys are at... 50% capacity or whatever from an energy standpoint because it's their fifth period of hockey and that's where you know mistakes happen and pucks trickle in or pucks hit a, a skate and go in or whatever. You know, we, we've seen it happen a million times. It seems like that's more often than not how, how these types of games end. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. I guess we may talk to you again in a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here from the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune, and uh, he's on deadline tonight, by the way, folks. So how about that? Not anymore. We blew past that. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mike, again. And uh, again, maybe maybe back here before midnight. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks. All right. 1-1 one, one our score at the end of the first overtime, second overtime coming up here. And we're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.